indeed there are more questions than answers like is a spanish streaker called senior willie hi america hello well i love this show my name is adrian lee and i am your host welcome to the show more questions than answers the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world each week my guests and i will search the world's newspapers websites and tv shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment we will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious strange supernatural unusual bizarre and just plain weird if you have just tuned in especially to hear the show then i admire your taste if you have just tuned in by accident then i admire your luck i am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the midwest plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door so snuggle under your covers turn out your lights and hold on tight the rules are very simple points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror extra points will be available for shock and awe value to help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates i will employ what i have called the inappropriate bell an example of this would be the panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather spent this week removing all of her German friends from her cell phone. She now has a hands-free device. Welcome That's to the show. Terrible. <laughs> where, where do you come up with this? This is award-winning material, I tell oh, you. Oh, God. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim thought this week that fighting was like physics because she can't do it, but it respects its ability to solve problems welcome to the show kim hello <laughs> finally on tonight's show i wish to introduce the calm and unflappable greg gore he is married to kim and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert he owns and operates more cameras and leads than the bbc outside broadcast department he is also our sound engineer and producer greg spent the last three days alone trying to learn escapology he really needs to get out more. Welcome to the show. Greg. Oh, is that like escape? 
Yes, escapology. <laughs> See how that works. That's like Houdini, you know, where you tie yourself up and dunk yourself upside down in a milk churn full of water while people hold their breath. Have you not seen such things? No. I miss vaudeville entertainment. This is series two, show 25. 25 is a fabulous number. In Islam, there are 25 prophets mentioned in the Quran. The M25 is the motorway that orbits London. It's 117 miles long and 200,000 vehicles are recorded on it every day. And it's normally at a standstill. They call it the biggest car park in Europe. I have spent many a lonely hour (laughs) sat on the M25 waiting to get around London. 25 is the name of the national board game of India. Examples have been found as far back as the 6th century. What do you think the national board game of America would be? Ouija. A Ouija ball. Monopoly. <laughs> the national board game of America is the Ouija ball. I think Kim's pretty good there. He doesn't have one. So I'm saying we should do this now. Live on the show, we will decide the national board game of America. It's going to be Scrabble maybe, isn't it? Yahtzee. Monopoly, Yahtzee. Dominoes. Dominoes. That has to be invented in America. I'm not sure Dominoes comes from America. I know Scrabble and Monopoly were invented in America. Has anyone heard of this game, by the way? The game in India, it's called 25, but it's called uh, Parcheesi. Have you heard of that? Yes. Yes. Like macaroni and cheese, that's Parcheesi. See what I did there? That's terrible. (laughs) It's like Ludo. In Britain, we call that the game of Ludo. Have you heard of Ludo? No. No, See, Ludo wasn't he would with be, Popeye? That's nothing. I'll blow down. That's nothing to do with Popeye. <laughs> Strangely enough, interesting though. Popeye is going to pop up at some point during tonight's show. I'm, I'm sure that's one word I use. Yes, there's others beginning with S. See what I did there? Psychic doesn't start with S. Oh, well done. Who knew? <laughs> I've been spelling it wrong all these years. <laughs> fabulous. Now, I want to say that we have a fabulous EVP. A couple of weeks ago, if you tune into the show regularly, you will know that the International Paranormal Society went to a small town in the middle of Iowa called Toledo. And it was a very welcoming town, a fabulous little town. They had a theatre there, an opera house called the Wheating Theatre. It was built in 1912. It's one of the oldest theatres and cinemas still in operation across the Midwest. You'd be hard pushed, wouldn't you, to think of a film before 1912. This is a fabulous theatre. It's a non-profit organisation, so if people wish to support them, or look at their history and see what the building looks like. It's called the Wheating Theatre. That's W-E-I-T-I-N-G. Now, we did an investigation there about three or four weeks ago now with S-E-E Paranormal. They're a team based in Iowa, so Adam and Sarah are the leaders of that particular team. We're still reviewing all the evidence, but I just wanted to play live on air um, just a soundbite of a piece of information, some evidence that I think we've got of paranormal activity. And I will set this up for you. I was down in the basement with my team on the first vigil and psychically I felt as if a man arrived. I felt as if a man and a woman had arrived in the room. Psychically, I could see them. So what you're going to hear when I play this, it's only going to be a five, six second clip. But when I play it, you hear me saying, I think a guy and a woman have arrived, is what I say. I then turn on the device, which is the shack hack. It's that ghost box that goes through all the scanning of the AM and FM frequencies. So what you're then going to hear is a device that goes dead, 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 dead. And you're going to hear lots of white noise. I ask, I say, can you tell me? the name of the guy who's down here or the name of the man that's down here. You'll hear the ghost box say Peter, Peter twice in a row. 
There's then a pause where I say Peter to recognize the fact that the guy said it. What you will then hear after I cough just to clear my throat because psychically the guy's trying to talk through me. So when I cough or I find myself losing my voice, it's normally because the spirits want to come through me and want to talk. So you'll hear me cough just to clear my voice. And then you'll hear an EVP of the actual ghost speaking to me. And he goes, Peter, Peter. And then I say, can you confirm, do you prefer being called Peter or Pete? And he says, Pete. So in this five, six second recording, you have me being psychic saying a man has just arrived. I then ask the man his name on the ghost box. He says, Peter, Peter. I turn the ghost box off. You then hear an EVP of the ghost actually telling me in real time his name's Peter, Peter. And then I say, do you prefer being called Pete or Peter? And back on the ghost box, he says, Pete. Now, why this is incredible is that in that five to six seconds, you have me being psychic, which is then backed up by the equipment. You then have the equipment saying, Peter, Peter. You then have an EVP of him saying, Peter, Peter. And then for stimulus and response purposes, I say, do you prefer being called Pete or Peter? And he says, Pete. So you have psychic, ghost box, EVP, followed by ghost box again, stimulus and response, question and answer. And all of that is remarkable. I have never, in 20 years of paranormal investigating all over the world, found a clip, and I have to thank Sarah and Adam for for giving me this clip. It was on their digital voice recorder, and actually recorded it on two devices as well to back it up. I've never had a clip that backs up psychic ghost box EVP plus ghost box again all in one small clip so what i want you to listen out for i'll play this straight away and we'll go through it a couple of times so greg's the tech expert here this is the basement of the wheating theater in iowa and we'll just have a listen to this and see what it sounds like absolutely that's a clarification of that i think there's a guy down here and that woman could you tell me the name of the man that's down here peter Do you prefer being called Pete or Peter? So let me just go through that again. I psychically see a guy appear in the basement of this theater. I then ask the shack hack his name. It says Peter, Peter. I turn it off and say Peter to clarify that. You then hear me cough. You then hear Peter, Peter said by the ghost, actually saying it's it in, in a whisper. Time, in a whisper. Yep. yep. So turn up your speakers or your headphones. And then finally, again, I say, do you prefer being called Pete or Peter? And he says, Pete. So let's play that a couple more times, Greg, and uh, we'll get that there. Absolutely. That's a clarification of that. I think there's a guy down here and that woman. Could you tell me the name of the man that's down here? <laughs> Peter. <clears throat> Do you prefer being called Pete or Peter? So we'll, we'll play that one more time. Listen after I cough. Just a couple of seconds later, you will actually hear the ghost talking to me in real time. Without any equipment, you will actually hear him again. So wait till I cough um, as the spirit's trying to talk through me. And then a couple of seconds later, you'll hear Peter, Peter in a very soft voice. So we'll do that just one more time for you there, Greg. Absolutely. That's a clarification of that. I think there's a guy down here and that that woman. Could you tell me the name of the man that's down here? Peter. Peter. 
prefer being called Pete or Peter? See, I find that remarkable. I've never ever, as I mentioned before, had a soundbite, an audio recording that has all those things on it. That's like a triple whammy of psychic being backed up by shack hack being evp then shack hack again is a remarkable remarkable five to six seconds worth of uh, audio recording there's three bits of evidence there from three separate sources all corroborating with one another all at the same time is wholly remarkable i don't know what you think of that heather or kim round the table any thoughts you want to share on that i actually thought i had heard something a little bit um in you talking in the beginning i'll have to go back and listen to it but it sounds something right before the pete on the on the shack i think it says peter peter on the shack hack well this is before you even turn the shack hack on oh yes like when you were talking i i heard something else in there i can't make it out but i'll have to go back and look in the interesting thing about that clip is that again um sarah and adam at s-e-e paranormal in iowa they've done some historical research and the remarkable thing is that they've actually found a citizen for Toledo back in the day the theatre was built at the turn of the last century, whose name was Peter Peters. That was his name. So when I'm asking your name, you don't say Heather, Heather, do you? Do you see what I mean? You just say Heather. So the fact that he's gone Peter Peter on the Shatkak, he's then got Peter Peter again as an EVP. Would that not suggest to you that he's given us his full name? If there was a citizen in town who's long since passed, who was connected to the theatre, and his name is Peter Peters, would you not think at that point that would be an amazing coincidence if that was not the spirit we was talking to? He's given us his first name and his last name. When people say, what's your name? You don't go, Kim, Kim, do you? Do you see what I'm saying? And he said that twice. He said it on the ghost box, and then he said it as an EVP, which makes me think, that we've actually got the full name of the guy, last name and second name. And the history now is backing up the psychic, the ghost box work and the EVP. And we have the history now to back up that a guy in town during that period of history was called Peter Peters. Does that not suggest to you that an afterlife exists? Ghosts must exist. An afterlife must exist for those four things to come together in that moment to make that happen. That could not happen by coincidence, could it? All of those things. That would be remarkable. Greg, you look like you're itching to say something. No, that's just pretty amazing when you get that much stuff all at the same time because a lot of times you sit there for hours and just pick up bits and pieces and this is all together. Yeah, I've never ever in my paranormal background and experiences ever had the psychic backed up by the shakak, backed up by the EVP. My books, uh, Mysterious Minnesota... Um, This is what the book's about. It's finding history that's been lost to the knowledge of man by dead people telling it to us and then me finding it to be correct after the event. So, again, this guy, Peter Peters, we're going to do some research on and he's going to be in the next book, The Mysterious Midwest, and he's going to be written about and he's there present in the theatre and he told us his name. It's quite remarkable. I never cease to be amazed. I, I don't know why I'm still confounded by this i've been doing this for so long now that when i find these names and i find this evidence there's still a part of my brain that thinks that shouldn't happen science can't prove that that's beyond what science can do and i still find it remarkable i have to lie down in a dark room with a washcloth on my face for an hour (laughs) does anyone else get that if you come across a ghostly experience when you got grabbed greg 
in Pipestone. Was there not a moment where you're trying to talk yourself out of that 10 minutes later by thinking, oh, that couldn't have happened. I, that, that wasn't possible. Yeah, it makes you wonder. I mean, Doesn't yeah. it give you food for thought? What do you think? Has there been moments, Kim, where you think to yourself, I saw that, I saw the ghost, I heard the ghost, I had that experience. Or when you got scratched, Heather, in the mechanical room up in Walker, was there not a point where you think to yourself, your brain's trying to talk you out of what just took place, even though you have the physical evidence? Is there a part where your brain thinks that couldn't possibly have happened? I think the point is that, you know, you're looking at normality as being things that science can prove. And the moment that science can't prove it, it then goes beyond the norm and that makes it paranormal by default. Do you see what I mean? I can't prove using science why that five to six second clip just did that and had those responses. So that only leaves the paranormal. There's nothing left at that point. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. And especially when you then find out that a citizen of that town back in the day was called Peter Peters is is wholly remarkable. That cannot be coincidence at that point. That can't that's not like John Smith, is it? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That that's a remarkable set of uh of, of evidence I would suggest. And many thanks of course to Sarah and Adam um at S E E Paranormal for joining us at the Whiting Theatre in Iowa. We have a show. More questions and answers. We run into the first round that is Ghosts and Hauntings. There are points to be won and points to be lost. I will start with a story that says Watch Haunted Rabbit Hutch light up with orbs in spooky video footage. A haunted rabbit hutch gave a teenager a hair raising experience. Do you see what I did there? That's terrible. Anna Mullin, I shall give myself a point. Anna Mullin, 14, has been filming her two rabbits, Daisy and Dozy, on her iPhone in the garden in Wavertree when she realised something wasn't quite right. In the video, unexplained flickering, often referred to as orbs by paranormal experts, can be seen a number of times. Then, a peg resting on top of the hutch seemingly and inexplicably flies off before wriggling around on the ground. The footage, which Anna believes shows paranormal activity, only came to light after she showed it around to family and friends, who pointed out the strange goings-on. She said it wasn't until I showed it to other people that they pointed out that it was in the video. I hadn't noticed it, but when I did, I thought it was really spooky, and the more I watched it, the creepier it got. Anna says she now believes the hutch, which was second-hand, may be haunted by a previous furry inhabitant. I wonder if there was a depressed rabbit in there before that kind of hung itself. (laughs) When she asked the man who was selling it why he didn't need it anymore, he explained that the rabbit had died (laughs) she's being haunted by bunnies she'll be at the end of her bed all the carrots in the house will be mysteriously disappearing I i think the old rabbit might be haunting the hutch despite the seemingly haunted habitat daisy and dozy are currently happy and there are no plans to move them imagine doing exorcism on a rabbit hutch let's hope a demonic easter rabbit doesn't leave deviled eggs I'm on fire. I am on fire, I tell you. I Points to be had. You've got one. Go on. Yeah. They said, she said there were orbs, right? Yes. And orbs are typically what? Energy. Balls and of light. What do we call them? We call them dust, usually. Oh, I see where you're going. I can Would see that. Would that I've be dust bunnies? Bugs. I see where we are. <laughs> dust. Don't encourage her, Kim. It's terrible. Dust, dust bunny orbs. I'm being haunted by the lint of all my clothes. 
all the fluff in your belly button over the years has amalgamated together to create a specter that's coming to haunt you. What Why are you is talking it? about? Why is the I fluff? I don't have any fluff in... In belly buttons. No. Why is the fluff in my belly button never any of the colours of my shirts and sweaters? I think someone comes along in the night and puts colours in there that aren't colours I'm wearing. I find like red and I'm like, I'm not even wearing red. You can knit together a mousy toupee. <laughs> a mousy's toupee. <laughs> Wasn't Mousy Toupee one of the leaders of China at some point? Or am I just getting confused? <laughs> My history of China isn't great, but I believe that to be the case, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, God. <laughs> Fabulous times. Heather, what have you got for me tonight oh, in the round see. of Ghosts and Hauntings? Gastodia police investigate after images of cloaked figure go viral. The image is creepy enough, but the information being passed along with it is even worse. Is it more creepy than the sound your stomach just made? What? It wasn't me. Well, I'm looking at Kim or Greg now, and I know it wasn't me. There's someone in the room. We've got burglars. It's Peter Peter. And they're hungry. If people want to go back and listen to that opening sentence, there was definitely the demonic voice in there that went... Uh, Photos of a cloaked figure reportedly leaving raw meat near Gastonia Playground went viral online and police say they looked into the case. Well, like a string of sausages or a pork chop. I don't know. Maybe some hamburger or something. It's a specter that leaves pork chops behind. According to online posts, the mysterious pale figure sparked fear among the locals after it was reportedly caught on camera standing outside an apartment complex in Gastonia, North Carolina, dressed in a dark cloak. Police spokesman Donna Losher told WBTV that investigators were called out to meet with the manager of the Hudson Woods apartment complex last Monday about the photo. The rumors of the photo said the person donned a floor-length hooded attire. Their identity and gender are also unknown. It was a Jedi Knight. They have a a lightsaber. Or a Jawa. Well, they're small. Yes, but they're small. It was a midget midget Jawa. That's right. (laughs) Well, Jawa's already small. Imagine a midget Jawa. You'd be like a little rabbit in a hutch. It'd be terrible. I'm keeping midget Jawas in my backyard as pets. They don't eat much. I just feed them some lettuce occasionally. Don't feed them after midnight. (laughs) What a Jawa. I think you're mixing up your film genres, but I'm not an expert. I've got me Jawa wet. That's not, that's not, that's terrible. No, we won't go there. Save it for the last category. Too early in the show. The photo also claimed that the figure had been dropping meat near the local playground. That's what he was doing, huh? There's a playground near the wooded So he was parks. hanging out by a children's playground and dropping and meat. Dropping meat, okay. yes. There is a playground near the wooded parts of the apartment complex, but Losher says uh, officers could not confirm that the photo actually came from that apartment complex. It could have come from anywhere, she said. We don't know if this is some bogus prank someone is playing she says if someone does see a suspicious person in their neighborhood they can call gastonia police at 704-866-3300 if there's something weird in your neighborhood that's the call really the to- gastonia police <laughs> <laughs> yes hasn't quite got the same ring to it as it really i do have a follow-up on that you're not getting extra points uh, well come on in an interview Tuesday, Lasher said that there is no official investigation into the incident. It could have come from anywhere. It's just getting a lot of attention. Maybe more credence than it deserves. So we Lasher. can drop meat randomly in any Apparently. way we want and without breaking the law. And it, Yep, doesn't matter. I'm sure we'd capture Greg if we dropped some bacon on the floor and tied a string to it. And as he came up to get the bacon, <laughs> we dragged it into the bushes and there was a cage, something like that. It'd be like the yeah, child catcher from yeah. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's not going to happen. No, Greg's allergic <laughs> to bacon. We'll have to use like a, something else, like a lamb chop or something. Yeah. Have a burrito on a string. 
The apartment director told WBTV on Tuesday that the photos are real and were taken at the apartment complex, but the figure was just a student acting like a television character for a school project, which I don't believe at all. I was going to say, you've so. just given me five minutes of story just to tell me it was a student arsing around. No, with that's a- what they think. They don't know for sure, but what random person goes around just dropping meat? In a children's playground. Do you know how expensive meat is? I'm not going to drop it on the ground. No. No. No, it's very expensive. Hamburger's expensive. I'll take your word for that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) See? Consumer advice or more questions than answers. If you wish to see even tonight's stories, I have them all on my Facebook site, More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. If you go on there, you will see the stories of the night. You will see the video footage of the haunted bunnies with the peg flying off the hutch and the orbs. It's all there for you to look at, I tell you, and you can comment on them and see for yourself. I have a story now that says ghost photographed by a hiker, a remote suicide spot who has felt haunted ever since. This is the terrifying image of a spectral figure captured by a man hiking in a remote suicide spot. Why is a suicide spot remote and you have to hike to get to it? It seems ridiculous. What a lot of effort to take yourself to a really remote suicide spot. If you're going to do the deed... Why have all the hiking first? It doesn't make sense to me. I'd better get nice and fit and do some hiking before I take the gun and point it to my brain. Seems a bit odd, really. <laughs> the man who took the picture says he felt haunted ever since he took the unnerving snap. The image was taken by a member of Spook Chasing Group, the Two Womba Ghost Chasers, while a walking to Womba. Or Toowoomba. Toowoomba way, Toowoomba way. It's an Australian name, isn't it? It's Aboriginal, I believe. Aboriginal. (laughs) You've been hit by, you've been struck by a smooth Aboriginal. Um, I don't know that for a fact. (laughs) Whilst walking in Queensland, Australia, he described a feeling of being watched while at the scene, but didn't see the ghoulish figure until he went back through his pictures later. Did you know in Aboriginal culture in Australia, they will go to the toilet and they will make love. In if, the toilet? No, not in the toilet. There is a semicolon. <laughs> I'm putting a semicolon between two clauses, madam. How dare you? They will do their number twos and their number ones. And they will also practice the physical arts in front of everyone in the tribe. It's not something that seemed to be a private moment. But they eat on their own. They eat privately. They eat on their own. Which is no surprise, is it? Because if you're trying to eat and there's people going number twos and, you know, practicing the physical arts, that would put you off your food. So it's no surprise, is it really, that they want to eat on their own? That's terrible. It's true, I tell you. Cultural awareness. We, we, uh, we are providing that service for all the Aboriginal people around the world. He said he posted the picture of the ghoulish spectre at the scene on Facebook. And he's now sharing his horrifying experience. The post reads, all of a sudden... He felt as though he was being watched and followed and he felt an awful feeling of dread wash over him. Then when going back through his photos, he found this. Bear in mind, this is the middle of the bush. It's rare to see something so large and red and other hikers would be dressed differently. Greg, ever seen anything large and red in the bush? No. The man who took the picture, Brock Calcutt, said he was taken aback by the online reaction. He posted, oddly enough, I've been experiencing a similar feeling of dread every once in a while over the last week. I'll be walking down the street and all of a sudden feel like something is about to jump out from me behind a tree, he wrote online. The supernatural post raised a lot of hairs online. So much darkness in that area, one said. That feeling of being watched 
is awful. The person who took the photo needs to be mindful if he starts having bad dreams, wrote another. Jasmine Venice added, At first I thought it was a big tree knot, but it's too low. And then I looked again and saw the man. It kind of freaked me out a little bit. Tasha Hayward Windsor said, Creepy, it made me feel sick. So if people wish to see this ghostly figure kneeling by the side of a tree... In Australia, again, they can go to my Facebook site, More Questions Than Answers, with Adrian Lee, and they can see this creepy figure. I went hiking through Europe when I was 21. I took with me my best friend at the time, Chris. We took a tent with us. We went all around Europe, every country you can imagine. We camped in every campsite around Europe. Some of them are fabulous. In Rome, they have swimming pools and grocery stores and the most amazing things in their campsites. We camped in Bavaria, in the Black Forest, next to a lake. It was fabulous, an amazing setting, amazing campsite. We pitched our tent, we went to sleep for the night, and at about two or three o'clock in the morning, said uh, Chris said to me, look at the sky. And I looked up at the stars, and he said, what do you think all that means? And I said, well, you know, it makes us feel so small and insignificant. It's just amazing. God's awe and wonder at seeing all these amazing universes and galaxies makes us feel very small and insignificant i also said there are millions and millions of stars up there seven thousand stars you can see with the naked eye but they think there's 12 billion stars in the universe i said every one of those stars has a planet going around it if not more and there must be life on other planets there must be statistically there must be life in other parts of the universe and he said no that's not what i meant he said what can you see I said, what do you mean? He said, you're an idiot. He goes, someone's stolen our tent. (laughs) And that that was the God's honest truth. He was trying to tell me the tent had gone. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? Police are seeking a corpse stolen from San Antonio Mortuary. Stealing a corpse. Yes. What did they do? Dress it up? It wasn't something. Was it the weekend at Bernie's? Was it? Was that the film where they took a corpse? (laughs) Yes. Uh, Police are seeking clues to the whereabouts of the corpse of a 25 year old woman stolen from a casket after her funeral at a San Antonio (laughs) chapel last week. Mission Park Funeral Chapel North is offering a $20,000 reward for information leading to those who took Julie Mott's body sometime between her August 15 funeral and the next day when her corpse was discovered to be missing. Police Sergeant Xavier Salazar says investigators believe the body was taken between the end of the funeral at 1.30 p.m. and when the mortuary was locked up at 4.30 p.m. Mortuary owner Robert Tips, who says the Mots are close friends of his, says the woman died August 8 of cystic fibrosis and that Mott's family had planned to have her body cremated. How, How does that happen? What do they do? Just walk out with it like a mannequin or something? Uh, I who don't know. Is there a description of the body? Does it say like it's green or blue? I mean, what's the No, co- it doesn't. That's ridiculous. Well, who would want that? Well, and it was after her funeral. Don't they shut it and lock the casket after funeral? I don't know how soon. What, what, did it say she was going to be cremated? Or yes. Gonna, oh, yeah. so I suppose they wouldn't, would they? They wouldn't, no. Oh. I remember I remember scattering my grandmother's remains all the way around the garden, and uh, she wasn't cremated. That was quite freaky. Um, <laughs> Speaking of remains, I have a story later about some. Oh, you're teasing me with stories that you've got I looming. I They're fabulous. I, just, I find that remarkable. I don't know what you would use. Well, I... I can imagine what that could get used for, but I, it's not something I want to wear. I will tell you what they can get used for later on. You bury it upside down in the garden and you park your bike in it. 
Oh no, Adrian. Kim's jaw fell uh, open. <laughs> see, see, no, right, right? I'm just being practical. I'm saying that's, that's one use of a dead body, is what I'm saying. I don't have a plethora of knowledge of what one can do with dead bodies, but that would be one Horseshoes. Oh no. Yeah, but this was a woman. I have one more story before we get taken off air. It says, watch moment ghost is filmed moving chair across the floor of a haunted house in front of stunned paranormal investigators. And that has broken a record, apparently, because that's the longest title for any story without the use of punctuation. This spooky footage shows the moment a chair was apparently moved by a ghost across the floor of a haunted house. Paranormal investigators who captured the footage while probing unusual goings on at the property said it is strong evidence of the existence of ghosts and spirits. One of the team, Terry Johnson, set up a camera at the home in Rowlands Gill in Tynan Weir after a resident raised fears that he felt the property was haunted. Within an hour of setting up specialist equipment, Terry recorded footage of a chair moving entirely on its own. The 54-year-old said we were just gobsmacked when we saw it. That's such a great word, isn't it? Gobsmacked. Mm-hmm. It should get used more. I used to think it was godsmacked. Well, either works. <laughs> we have never had anything like that before, and we haven't stopped talking about it since. It's the most compelling evidence we have got up until now on any investigation. The homeowner said who didn't want to be identified, it was absolutely amazing. I knew there was something not right, and now he's just proved it. Terry, a full-time carer from North Kenton in Newcastle, set up the Gateshead Paranormal Society last year with a former colleague who is also keen in the interest of ghosts. Before we go into a property, we always do a bit of research first, Terry explained. We found out the house had been built on woodland and that the current owner has done renovation on the property and that is something that can stir up spirits. Terry and his fellow ghost hunters went to the house on Sunday night and set up their cameras. And at around 12... 20 p.m. he asked the spirit to reveal themselves and within moments the chair moved the homeowner said that he's convinced this house was haunted ever since he moved in 18 months ago he said there were things happening we couldn't explain things like a sauce bottle being turned on its side for no reason and our dog would sometimes just stand and look into space which he'd never done before then the alarm bells started ringing after hearing about Terry's work, the resident was determined to see if he could prove there was something unusual about the house. I just wanted to see some evidence, and I knew he had all the equipment. But despite seeing his work of the ghostly lodgers at first hand, the homeowner is not too spooked. When I went to bed at first, I thought I wouldn't be able to sleep, but I don't feel any different now, he explained. This has just confirmed what I thought all along. I've always had an open mind until I saw this for myself, and now I believe in ghosts. Has anyone actually seen this video footage? No. no. It's quite remarkable. Again, I'm pushing my Facebook site more questions than answers with Adrian Lee because this footage is actually one of the stories on that site at the moment. What you've got is an infrared camera, static infrared camera, video recording in someone's front room or lounge, and there's like a kitchenette diner in the background. And there's a ghost hunter sat at the table. And there's a couple of ghost hunters sat on the chairs in the foreground. And there's a chair just to the side that's going underneath the kitchen table. And the chair just turns about 45 degrees on its own. The only thing I will say, it is impressive uh, video footage. The only thing I will say is that the back of one of the chairs in the lounge area hides the bottom of the chair. So the only thing I would add to that is if a cat 
That's walked what I was by thinking, the chair yeah. and moved mm-hmm. it slightly, or someone kicked it with their foot, you can't see the hole of the kitchen right. chair. The bottom part of the chair is actually missing. So again, I'd be interested if people wish to comment on that. They can do that on our Facebook site. But that's a very interesting story. When I studied philosophy, my professor actually set us a task at the end of the course and placed a chair on the table. And he said, I want you to write a 10,000 word dissertation to prove that that chair does not exist. And if anyone knows philosophy, then they'll be aware of what my professor was trying to say. So everyone else had written 10,000 word essays. I turned in a piece of paper that said, what chair? With a question mark. And I still got good marks. Quite remarkable. We move into the round. (laughs) That is UFOs and cryptozoology, where my philosophy jokes Full stone dead. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? I've got some fun. No, you tell me the story. I will tell you if it's fun. I'm telling you it's fun okay, anyway. Okay, well, this points to be How one about this? Lost. It happened in the UK, or will happen very It will happen. Shortly. It hasn't happened yet. This is a premonition. That's right. The UK is to host the International Werewolf Conference. Is that not fabulous? The International Werewolf. That's got to be held on a full moon then. Otherwise, it's pointless, isn't it? No, it's actually going to happen four days after the full moon. Lycanthropy experts from around the world will descend on the University of Hertfordshire next month. The unique three-day event could have easily been mistaken for any other academic gathering if it weren't for the fact that the subject being discussed happens to be werewolves. Starting on September 3rd, just four days after the next full moon, The event will host a series of talks pertaining to the history of werewolves and their continued influence on modern culture. There will even be an opportunity for visitors to encounter some real-life wolves as well as a chance to check out the Berkhamstead Churchyard. I thought you were going to say this is a unique opportunity for them to get groomed with a flea comb and have a a tin of dog food and... No. Do you know about the Berkhamsted Churchyard? Uh, there's a lot all? of churches in Britain that are very well, haunted, and I guess there's one in Berkhamsted. It says that's where the remains of Peter the Wild Boy reside. Okay. I don't know the story of Mr. Peter. Peter, I get Peter. The, Well, I think he was the guy that was responsible for the stories of Tarzan originally, off the top of my head, with Edgar Rice uh, Burroughs. They found a boy living wild you know, in the jungle, and they brought him back to Britain, and he stayed feral. But I think that may have inspired... Edgar Rice Burroughs into writing the Tarzan books back in the day. People have been fascinated by human-to-wolf transformations down the years, especially in film. Many remember Lon Chaney in Wolfman or the cult classic An American Werewolf in London, which brought werewolves to contemporary audiences. But how many people actually know the different ways that you can become a werewolf according to folklore or that there will actually be werewolf trials in France. Werewolf trials. Well, they are a hairy nation. And Germany. Did you a, a, know? Another hairy nation. Yes, where people were <laughs> hanged and found guilty of lycanthropy. Did you know that? Um, I was aware of that. Yeah, there is something that goes through the history of Europe. Like People were actually... I, you know about witches and the witch trials, but yes. not about... Any of that. Well, it's just an excuse to hang the local village idiot, isn't it? By saying how oh, oh, he goes God. hairy under a full moon. I still remember the story you had about the monkey and being hanged for a Frenchman. Yes, in Hartlepool, that is true, yes. During the Napoleonic Wars, there was a shipwreck, and the only thing that survived was a monkey that swam to shore, and the English thought it was a French spy and hung it. I don't understand. But apparently the monkey was much better looking than the French, apparently, so I don't know how they could have mixed the two oh, up. God. 
the monkey actually washed on a regular basis oh, as well. Goodbye, France listeners. Yes, all two of you. <laughs> At the conference, we want to draw attention to these little-known facts and discuss the werewolf in all of its many manifestations and cultural meanings. So, go. I'd like to go to that. That would be fun. That I, did, would be I, I lived quite close to Hertfordshire. I know where that university is. Really? You wouldn't be very popular, would you, if you turned up with a store that was selling silver bullets, for example? Oh, God. <laughs> I was hoping you'd go through some of the ways in which you can be turned into a werewolf. There must be spells. I mean, if you get bitten by one or clawed by one, is that a way? What was I, the one which we... said you could. Last week, wasn't there seventh one? Seventh son. Right. Oh, the right. seventh son of a seventh son. Yeah. We mm-hmm. must come up next week with a list of ways. That you can get turned into a werewolf, I would like to see, just to avoid them, really. More than <laughs> if There's I go, a list of about thirteen ways. I listen to Kim. She's I know this is, this is surprising. Two years ago, we did a story on it, and there was about thirteen different ways. Really, we're going to have to do some research before next week. I would like to know. We can open our show with the different ways in which you can be turned into a werewolf. And perhaps we'll try a couple. Who knows? We'll do a couple couple on there. When's the next full moon? We'll do that then. Fabulous. Fabulous. I have a story here going into aliens. It says, Alien Warp Speed UFO. Spotted zooming past the International Space Station. Alien spotters have glimpsed a strange cigar-shaped UFO zooming past the International Space Station at warp speed. The unexplained object appears in an official NASA video feed, moving at an incredible pace. This craft is moving so fast it only appears in one single solitary frame, said a spokesman for Secure Team 10, the alien hunting group which spotted it. Rather than just dismissing the anomaly as a fault in the film or perhaps a single dust particle, the E.T. enthusiast zoomed in to take a closer look. What appeared to be a possible dust particle or meteor reveals itself to be a massive cylinder-shaped craft, he claimed. How much time must they have on their hands that they're watching this footage frame by frame? Because the PAL, the PAL system of video footage, has 25 frames per second. So... I know, right? So you're going to have to pick yourself for all of that. They need to get a girlfriend. After the weird object zoomed past, the feed was allegedly cut off, which conspiracy theorists claim is NASA's common reaction to any sighting of an unexplained craft. Beneath the video on YouTube, commentators excitedly claimed the video was evidence that aliens were visiting the Earth. Right after the brief shot of that UFO, NASA cuts the video. What a coincidence, said one believer. That, in my opinion, is proof positive that they are hiding something from us. Other posters cast a doubt on the proof of the sighting. Nothing to see here. It's probably just a space rock, one of them wrote. It just looks long because that's what happens with cameras and fast-moving objects, which is why I take pictures of myself naked when I'm in the car. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? UFO spotter gets targeted by the men in black. Father of two, Liam Freeney, received unexpected visits after witnessing a number of UFOs near his home. Freeney, who was a builder by trade, had little interest in the subject of UFOs until one day in March 2013 when he and his workmate witnessed a number of strange lights in the skies over New South Wales, followed by the appearance of a military aircraft which seemed to be pursuing them. It's all happening in Australia this week, isn't it? Mm -hmm. This is the place to be, apparently. The new Florida. That's the new Florida. (laughs) I'm sure Australia will be pleased with that. (laughs) 
A few months later, the objects started to appear on a regular basis, prompting Freeney to purchase a video camera so that he could try to record some footage. But as he stepped up his efforts to determine what the objects could be, he started to attract an entirely unwanted type of attention. I would see and film an object, then directly afterwards I would get home and a helicopter would show up and sit over the house, he said. (laughs) Wow. So I started filming the helicopters as well as the UFOs. It happened over and over again, 20 or 30 times at least. When they hover the height of a lamppost above your house and lean out the window, it's definitely not military training. Maybe I have filmed something I shouldn't have. That's a possibility. The incidents eventually came to a head two weeks before he was due to talk about his experiences at a local UFO group. He had been out driving his car near his home when a large black saloon drove up behind and pulled him over onto the side of the road. Two men in black suits got out and approached the window of his vehicle. The strangers knew him by name and warned him in no uncertain terms that it would be best if he kept his mouth shut. Despite feeling initially apprehensive, however, Freeney decided to go ahead with the talk anyway. The purpose of this whole two and a half years of contact that has happened to me, I believe, is for me to pass on the message that it is happening and that it is real. He's a very brave man, isn't he? If men in black in helicopters come and visit him and say, don't talk about this, and the first thing he then does is go and talk about it. Yes, and Um, right away in the first sentence it said he was father of two. He's he's rolling the dice there, isn't he, somewhat? I have a fabulous story going on to Bigfoot now that says, watch Bigfoot rummaging around in a bag yards from a badly mauled deer carcass. This is the moment a Bigfoot enthusiast believes he captured the much-rumoured creature on camera. M.K. Davis, who runs a website dedicated to charting his findings, was hiking in the mountains of Bluff Creek, California, with pals when he captured the footage. In the video, it appears the animal, who could not be seen entirely clearly, is rummaging around in a bag. Davis said it was really dark when I filmed it and I quite zoomed in at the time so I didn't see anything. I had been up on the mountain with some friends and we had found a flat area with a carcass where the deer carcass was there with its bones snapped and the marrow had been sucked out. I always always thought for some reason that Bigfoots were vegetarian. I thought so too. I I mean not not, not that you know I mean it's not like we've got one here and we can ask it but I always assumed you know they wouldn't be eating raw meat necessarily i just assumed i don't know why that they were living on shoots they and eat bark. jerky on those commercials they do eat jerky yeah. this is true so that must be true so thank you for clearing that up <laughs> <laughs> we saw some large prints too so we thought there might be these creatures in the area but we didn't see anything more than that it was only when i looked at the video again that i saw something white moving on the screen which is the bag it is holding it's holding its garbage. The garbage it had in the garbage bag. It's it holding. It was told to take it out. They're taking it out. Yeah, put the bag out. <laughs> you never listen to me. Why don't you put the it's garbage your only out? Job. You're, my mother warned me about marrying you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best Bigfoot impression you're going to get, unfortunately. That's like a meal to go, isn't it? It's like a takeaway. It's a takeout, isn't it? When Bigfoot picks up a bag of garbage and wanders off into the woods, don't you put all your bills and all your mail, and all your letters in the garbage. Has anyone ever considered that if they're doing that kind of, you know, taking of your information, you know, that they can be considered to be behind credit fraud? Has anyone thought about this? Is there Bigfoots <laughs> wandering around with, like, designer clothing and, you know, Cadillacs and listening to the latest tunes on an iPad 6 because they've done credit fraud because they've gone through your garbage? Do you see what I'm saying? I do. This is possible. What's the difference 
between an intelligent, witty guest panel and Bigfoot. Bigfoot exists. Minus two. Okay, Kim, you're back on two. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) For more informative paranormal madness, please stay tuned after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets bi-monthly to discuss all things paranormal. The group's primary focus is on the topic of UFOs, but they also delve into alien abductions, Bigfoot stealing credit cards, cryptozoology, Bigfoot, haunted ghostly rabbits, crop circles and ghosts. Come with an open mind and be prepared to discover the who, what, when, where, why and how of these phenomena. Meetings are from 7 to 9pm Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park. Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night for hours on end is perfectly normal. The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, meets the second Saturday of every month at the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings from 2 to 5 p.m. Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos, where to keep dead bodies and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or has ever been to Australia, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of information about werewolves can be found at mnmufon.org. If you wish to be one of the show's sponsors and hear your business or product advertised by the dulcet tones of an eccentric Englishman live on air, going out to the nation and beyond, please contact the show. I would love to hear from you. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know. Which means I'm probably less intelligent than when the show started. I'm your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and for not knowing that Bigfoots were vegetarian. Welcome back for the second part of tonight's show. If you've just joined me, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious Technicolor for your perusal, including all of the photographs and videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com. And my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I. P.S. for the International Paranormal Society. We have 62,000 followers on there. So thank you to all those people that are following our stories and supporting the show. And let me remind you, we also have the shows archived on iTunes and on SoundCloud over the last three years. So if you wish to access any of our shows, they're all on there for you to do so. If you go onto SoundCloud.com and type in MQTA Radio, you can listen to your heart's content and we have over 7,000 listens on there at the moment so again thank you to all of those people and I've now been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother has thankfully now stopped snoring so onwards we march into the round that is strange and bizarre it's the stories from around the world that are too odd too bizarre and too weird not to read out live on air but do not fit easily into any other category heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre i've got what i promised you ashes popeye oh okay no not popeye 
a man smoked his dead friend, then post on Instagram. Magic. Yeah, it's great, right? I wonder if he was coughing him up later. I've got my best friend stuck in my lungs. It's just disgusting. Derek Waters and a group of friends entered a Compton, California neighborhood to buy drugs last month when his best friend, Jamil Mendoza, was shot and killed. (laughs) That was a boomerang. Oh, that was a 22. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it sounds like when you shoot an armadillo in Texas. A dilla. A dilla. We was in Compton to buy some weed and a bit of crack and some meth and possibly some LSD. And my friend was wearing blue shoelaces and his white chucks. Well, they were from Pakistan, weren't they? Yes. Oh, okay. (laughs) And some blood stopped us and got upset and wanted him to take them blue crisps color shoelaces out of his shoes. Shall I talk like I'm from the hood, but in a posh English accent? How would that be? Would that be jarring? (laughs) Don't diss me, your chief. Proper shanty, man. Are you five out? Word up. (laughs) <laughs> okay <laughs> experiment over doesn't work my friend got stupid and stood up to them he broke a beer bottle and then found it in the gutter and then threatened to cut their faces and they shot him this sounds like being back at school when you're trying to split up a fight between two 13 year old boys well he was shot oh. so when mendoza's parents gave water some of their son's ashes to scatter wherever he chose water's got a different idea he smoked him in some weed. Waters later claimed that smoking Mendoza's ash or Mendoza's ashes made him stupid high, and that he wants to try to score more from Mendoza's parents. Oh my word! He's lucky he didn't snort him. Why didn't he roll up a five dollar bill and he just you know stick him up his nose? Thinking about it, that's what everyone said, wants when they're dead, isn't ideas. it? No, he said terrible. stuff was good. Waters said, "I'm hoping Jamil's parents let me have more. I could smoke human ashes." All the time. He's lucky it wasn't a suppository, I'm guessing. That's not how you want to end up, is it? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> no. I've got a story that's here that says traffic warden slaps parking ticket on funeral car while Hurst is being loaded. A traffic warden slapped a funeral car with a parking ticket while undertakers were unloading a coffin into a Hurst. Peter Norris, 55, was stunned to discover that he had a $120 fine when he returned to his stretch limousine after doing his pool-bearing duties. He had been due to collect grieving mourners in the car when he found the ticket stuck on the windscreen on Monday. James Hardcastle, boss of Pat Cook Funeral Services in Lincoln, described the fine as outrageous. He said it was obvious the big black car parked outside of funeral directors was part of the funeral procession. The car is 26 feet long with six doors, highly polished and immaculate. It was either that or it was a drug dealer, wasn't it? (laughs) My biggest issue is the lack of common sense. The driver arrived at the funeral home, went inside and was only there for seven or eight minutes. Lincolnshire County Council said the warden was not aware the vehicle was part of the funeral procession. They are refusing to cancel the ticket, but the funeral home is planning to appeal. Whenever I'm driving around London and I need a parking space, sometimes, London's very busy, of course, 12 million people, they have a congestion charge. It costs you £10, $15, just to get into London. You have to pay a toll to get in. It's so busy and so lacking. I was driving around for some period of time, desperately looking for a parking space. I was late. I said to God, I promise, if you find me a parking space i promise i will give up all my vices no more smoking no more drinking no more partying i promise i will go to church every single sunday and then by an amazing coincidence a parking space turns up so i look to the heavens and say don't worry i found one all's good 
Wow. <laughs> That's where we are. We now lumber into the round that is called Not For Your Mother. It's the round that can't be read out live on air. It's the stories from around the world of the week that are too racy, too laden in sexual innuendo. If your mother is a delicate disposition, she needs to be removed from the room. If she's easily offended, if you have minors that shouldn't be listening to an adult radio show, now would be the time to send them to bed with a nice cup of hot chocolate and some cookies <laughs> heather no complaining to me on email that the last 25 minutes to this show are outrageous because you have been warned is what i'm That's saying true. yeah it's like those little stickers you get on the front of limb biscuit albums heather what have i thought you, got? you were talking about the biscuits you had in the cupboard <laughs> there's no stickers on the biscuits i have in the cupboard that says adults only i Watch can assure you these biscuits they're limp there you go. You wouldn't want one stuck in your throat, would you? Ew. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of uh, not for I'm your excited. mother? Why are you yawning? I'm not. I'm stretching You're because stretching. this story is fabulous. So you have to stretch before every story, do you? Well. Yoga. This is what you're right. doing. You went from this the, is a fabulous story. It's your fabulous. yoga position was great. You went from the quivering guinea pig into the brain donkey very professionally there. They're advanced yoga moves. You've never heard of the quivering guinea pig. Do you know that guinea pigs squeak when they're moist? If you put a little pipette and a dropper on them and just make their heads wet, they make squeaky noises. So what you need to do is to line up. You'd need a nail gun or some super glue. If you've got a plank of wood, lined up guinea pigs on the plank of wood from a small little one at the end to big daddy guinea pig, all in like an octave along this plank of wood. You could get a little dropper, drop the water on their head, and they could squeak, and you could make a tune. You can play them like a xylophone. You can email Adrian directly, PETA. <laughs> well, we had Peter at the beginning of the show, of course, and he's a ghost. PETA, PETA. They are. Oh, I've got a Craigslist story for you. It's not from Florida, is it? Texas. Close enough. <laughs> Sisters seeking men who will compete to breed with them. Compete. This is on Craigslist. Oh, it's almost sounds like a new reality show. Is it like a arm wrestling or some sort of duel? You'll see. Craigslist is known as one of the top spots to find crazy, but this Craigslist ad out of East Texas is some next level crazy. My sister and I are seeking kin hubbies, but we have some unusual kinks and requirements, so read this ad entirely before responding. You need your own teeth, no tattoos. Uh, no, not quite. Okay. One, we choose to live in a large pack, helping each other and supporting the pack, and yes, even fighting each other. Got to figure out who's the alpha, you know. This is a some sort of trailer park in Texas, then, I'm guessing. It might be in East Texas. Number two, we are sisters. There is no sexual involvement between us, period, and we do not swap mates. Neither will we accept our men playing with each other. Okay, we don't want any of that business. Okay, there you taking notes yeah Number so three, far i'm ticking all the boxes we are into polyandry which is a practice of one woman having two husbands or more okay yeah okay we got that one no alpha male then just alpha female number four we are alpha females by nature see i'm a psychic <laughs> if anyone wants any psychic readings do contact me via my facebook site apparently i'm doing very well don wants either a man whom is stubborn enough to put up with her or submissive enough to enjoy being bossed around because she is naturally a bossy person renee however wants a fully submissive sex slave who understands that her first husband is alpha and makes all the decisions 
but not always. See number five. Number five. They've got a lot of requirements here. They do. Uh, we are both breeders and need to be bred frequently. Okay. Dawn likes to have her mates play who can knock her up first game and more competitive games. I didn't know that was a game. Nor do I, but I'm willing to embrace it. <laughs> Renee <laughs> likes to pick the breeding day, but her alpha gets to make the final decision. However, both her mates must compete with each other for breeding privileges when she says so. Now, strangely this- enough, we started the show a good hour ago by saying, could we name a national game? For America. Breeding? <laughs> and Kim Kim mentioned Monopoly. I mentioned Scrabble. Let's have a game of who can knock her up first. There you go. Perfect. Uh, now, if you want to compete for these breeding privileges, this can be done by wrestling one another and maybe sometimes fist fighting. But we don't want any of our men to get seriously hurt. So bring a case of beer. But Dawn, the other sister, also likes her men to compete to breed with her, but no violence. She likes games like Paper, Scissors, Rock. So you're going to get a game of Paper, Scissors, Rock. If you're only with Don. To see if you can have first dibs. That's, yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, Don, the one that Paper, Rock, Scissors, uh, is looking for two husbands. Renee already has one husband and therefore is just looking for a second mate to be her sex slave. So if you're okay with that. They've got a lot of demands, haven't they? Uh, yeah, they each have their own income and we expect our mates to have their own income as well. You must be able and willing to support yourself and your mate as well as all of your cubs. Are these the sort of questions that they have on eHarmony.com? Probably. This is... <laughs> Obviously, I've never been on there, but I'm told that they have a lot of questions. The advertisement on the television have that really creepy looking old man who claims to be a doctor and he says oh you know you should fill in you know all these questions i'm just wondering if that comes up in that scenario well i'll only read two more but there's a long list dawn is a christian and believes god created the earth for our use and healing renee is a christian pagan with a lot of wicca beliefs in only empowering of your personal energy and is more open-minded. So keep that in mind, Christian folks. pagan? Yeah, I know. So you worship... Oxymoron. <laughs> Oxy- yeah, I was going to say, you worship the moon goddess, and then you worship God, who says, I am the only God. Pretty much, yeah. Okay, I'm just checking. Okay. If you can agree to these things and want a super BBW, email Dawn at the email above. Include your picture of yourself, face and body only, no other appendages, please, and your age and your definition of kin and a little about yourself to get her attention. Renee is 25 and has two cubs. One is almost three and the other is almost one. Renee is highly attracted to Russian descent, but is open to other nationalities. So well, they're not, narrowing, they're not narrowing down their field by any chance, I are know. they? After that long, prolonged <laughs> list, they have to have Russian king. How does that work? <laughs> Wow. I love it. Only on Craigslist. Well, you know, I know that East Texas is full of Russians, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a story here that says botched sign has been welcoming visitors to the beauty of Penis Island for six years. (laughs) Visitors to a Scottish peninsula are welcome to Penis Island when they get off the ferry thanks to a bungled sign. The rude greeting has been in place for at least six years, meaning millions of guests could have passed it as they got off the boat at a place called Butte. The gaff is down to the subtleties of the Gaelic language. How's Butte spelt? B-U-T-E. 
<laughs> there was a young lady from Butte. Why do you say that? I was just wondering if. Okay, no, never mind. B U T T P T. The gap is down to the subtleties of the Gaelic language. A missing accent on the word "bued," meaning Butte, transforms it to the word "bod," which is Gaelic for the male member. What is more distressing for me as an Englishman is that I grew up in the 1970s with a very, very famous television animated cartoon for children. And the main character was called Bod. There will not be a person in Britain over the age of 30 that does not know of the cartoon character Bod. And I've just found out that's Gaelic for twig and berries. I find that <laughs> remarkable. I wonder if they knew that at the time. The result is that instead of reading Welcome to the Beautiful Island of Butte, the sign proclaims Welcome to the Beautiful Island of Penis. I wonder if a sign says please come again when they leave. Do you think that's possible? Oh, <laughs> a photo of the sign was posted online on Sunday night <laughs> leading to equal parts hilarity and outrage from Gaelic speakers against Argyll and Butte Council. Councillor Len Schooler said, I'm not Gaelic speaking, but I would apologise to people who are Gaelic speakers and we will rectify it right away. <laughs> it's beside the pier. It's I'm where sorry, people are walking rectify. off. The f- <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> he said rectify. <laughs> Give me some nachos. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> it's beside the pier. It's where people are walking on and off the ferry. It's welcoming people to the island. I will make inquiries as to who ordered the sign. It's a bit late now. It's been up six years. <laughs> this is how slow the council works in Scotland, I might add. This is fabulous. So I guess a nice trip to Penis Island is now on all honeymooners' vacation list. Apparently, a 2011 census showed approximately 1% of the Scottish population actually speaks Gaelic. Oh. I'm guessing this is why no one's noticed. Such a small percentage of the population of Scotland. Do you know Scotland voted recently to whether they were going to stay in the United Kingdom yes. or not? And it was a very mm-hmm. close vote. Mm-hmm. And they voted eventually to stay within yes. the shores of the United Kingdom, Great, mm-hmm. Great Britain. They've just decided this is going to cost £26 million So that's going to be about $35 million. They've decided now to replace all the road signs in Scotland with English and Gaelic place names on the back of that. £26 million, $35 million just to put Gaelic up with the English. Now, I've been to Wales and the Welsh have their own language. It's called Welsh, of course. And you drive around and they have signs in English, but they also have signs in Welsh. And there isn't a great love between the welsh and the english there is not a great love between the scottish and the english this goes back thousands of years where we've had numerous wars with both scotland and wales of course and what they've done in wales is they've spray painted the local youth if you like with a can of spray paint spray out all the english words and just leave the welsh ones and i bet the same thing happens in scotland i bet they'll spend 26 million pounds on replacing all the names so they're in Gaelic and in English. And I bet before the end of the year's out, they'd have spray painted out all the English versions. I lay money That's on it. This terrible. is what will happen. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother? What type of food is your favourite, Adrian? 
Oh, let me think. I like curry. I like Indian food. I have a story about curry. This is going to put me off curry for the rest of my life. Isn't it is. It? Oh, no, I love curry. <laughs> I like tomatoes as well, but curry's winning. Tokyo-based restaurant sells feces-flavored curry. Oh. <laughs> Why bother? There's only 25 minutes between the two anyway. What's the difference between curry and a feces? About two foot. I wonder if you can say this tastes like crap. Maybe. Oh, that would be terrible. Have you, have you got some bread I can mop this up with? Oh, jeez. In his efforts to create the world's first something, a Japanese chef and former adult film actor decided to give human defecation a fighting chance in the kitchen. Oh, there's your curry. It's ready. Get it while it's hot. The curry shop Shimuzu in Tokyo became the first to specialize in poop-flavored curry because obviously it's never been done. Wow. I wonder why. Yes. It's a subtle flavor. Nope. Made from tart, but natural, non-feces ingredients including bitter gourd and sunburi tea, the uncle curry is served fittingly in a Japanese toilet bowl-shaped dish. It's a spicy. <laughs> Ken Shimuzu, the shop's owner, reportedly wanted to create a memorable meal reminiscent of his various adult film roles during which he consumed... <laughs> oh, no. Don't go there, Kim. Yeah, he did it. Oh, oh. no. Coprophilia. Who? Yes. Oh, that's terrible. Copophilia? That's right, yes. And that's after the show. <laughs> Coprophilia. That only happens if you go to Dairy Queen, isn't it? Controversial. <laughs> Uh, Shimuzu toiled over the poo curry recipe for three years before settling on this one. Curry shop Shimuzu places the nauseating plate on the menu despite negative feedback from its own marketing survey. Out of 400 young adults polled, only 5.7% said they were excited to go, while a whopping (laughs) 75% were adamant about never stepping foot in the restaurant. What would your breath smell like afterwards? You wouldn't want to kiss anybody, would you? Crab. Well, you wouldn't want to after a normal curry either, though. (laughs) You say that, but I really like curry. Yes, but the smell and the kissing part and stuff, that, yeah, no, that's, yeah. Okay. Well, Kim's put her foot down and she's got her mother's finger out, so I can only go with that. Uh, About 10.5% of those asked said they were not totally turned off by the idea, but they'd still never go. What's wrong with the Japanese that 10% of them aren't turned off by the idea that they've got a curry that tastes and looks like poo? Uh, how could you? I, I just I'm lost for words. They're a very strange and bizarre nation. Is just where we're going. Just think you can renew, reuse your plate. Yes, <laughs> there's many jokes in there, but I want to remain <laughs> to have a radio show. I have a story here that says, "Meet the 43 year old virgin who cannot wait to use his new eight inch inflatable bionic penis." Oh God! A man who has had his penis ripped off. Has been fitted with an eight. I know, that's terrible. It tells you there was a road accident when he was six years old. What kind of road crash and accident makes Learning to ride a bicycle. Well, yes. Even if he had a saddle, that'd be painful. Did he get it trapped in a car door? How does that happen? How does one get their penis ripped off in a road traffic accident? And when you're six. It's not that big, is it? I was going to say, you know, you're only looking, you know, at a smidget. A little finger there. It's not, you know. I'm just amazed. I will continue. Which inflates when you squeeze the testicles. Virgin Mohammed Abad, 43, was just six years old when he lost his penis in a road accident in Huddersfield. 
I want to know more details. I want to know I more. I know, right? I will research that. You find out the 13 ways to turn into a werewolf. And I'll research how Mr. Abad lost his twig and berries when he was six in a road traffic accident. But now, for the first time, here's a fully functioning package, complete with an on-off button. That could be embarrassing, couldn't it? If you manage to get the on-off button working by accident. If you just touch it by accident or it nudges against something and suddenly starts inflating. Or if it goes haywire and does its own. <laughs> yeah, what if there's a short? I was going to say, the person next to you is using their mobile phone and suddenly... There it is, resplendent, like a balloon animal. You wouldn't be able to go back to that restaurant, would you? And why only eight inches? What? I'm sorry? <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel as if we've learned a little bit more about Heather tonight than perhaps we wish we should have done. Can you imagine being banned from the school playground on the back of that? <laughs> Mohammed, I was just picking up the kids and someone was using their cell phone, officer. <laughs> Mohammed said, if you want a bit of action, you just press the on button. When you finish, you press another button and it takes seconds to deflate. Where does the air run out of? That's what I'm saying. I don't want it. It's like... <laughs> There you have it. You press the off button. It's like back down again. Yeah, like a party balloon that's been punctured. Some ladies might want to try it out. He says the ingenious design is fitted with two tubes inside the shaft, which pump fluid from his stomach into his penis by pressing a button on the scrotum. So it could be filled with undigested or semi-digested Taco Bell or Kentucky Fried Chicken at that point. I don't want to be jabbed by stomach fluid. I know, it's rough, isn't it? Another button then drains the fluid. It took surgeons at the University College London three years to mould Mohammed's new member, using skin taken from his arm. Let's hope he had arms what? like Popeye. Oh, <laughs> no, there's Popeye. <laughs> I'm just wondering, do you know it's bionic? Do you remember the $6 million man? No. Kim, yes. You, you Heather's too young. <laughs> Kim does. Yep. Wasn't there, when he did his bionic movements, you heard this. Oh, yes. Can you imagine you're in the bedroom, you turn the lights out, you hear the zipper coming down, and then you hear, you know, that's what I'm saying. The six minutes, we can rebuild him. He underwent over 100 operations in total, including an 11 hour procedure to attach the device. Mohammed from Edinburgh is newly single. His wife, who he wed two years ago, he didn't tell her about his condition. And she left him last year. So she got to her wedding night, went to, you know, inspect the twig and berries, and it was bare. It was barren. There was no fruit on the trees. The baloney pony had left the stable. One-eyed Jack wasn't at the ophthalmists. Do you see what I'm saying there? <laughs> he said he would be up front with any future partner. If that was me, and I had an on-off button like that. I'd be playing with that like a paddle controller for an Xbox and a 14-year-old boy. You'd be on that constantly, wouldn't you? Imagine if that was the same frequency as next door's garage. Imagine the guy comes home from work at 6 o'clock in the evening. He presses the remote control for his garage doors. You're minding your own business. You're watching the television. And suddenly, because next door have got their garage going up and down. What if it was the other way round and the frequency on your buttons was the same as their garage door. Their garage door could be going up and down all night. They'd have to get a mechanic in to look at it. It's what I'm saying. I can imagine playing with a button. Now you see it, now you don't. Now you see it, now you don't. You don't need to play with a button to have that effect. 
Just saying. I Kim, did see a picture of this guy. And you've seen a picture of it, have you? No, the guy. Okay. Good luck. Good luck. Oh. I'm oh. sorry. Poor Mr. Bad. It was not his fault. Those eight inches aren't going to help. Well, I think it's a good start. I don't know about you. Oh. Kim, finish <laughs> off the show for me tonight in the round of Not For Your Mother. French couple having sex on a castle die after plunging 40 feet into a moat. Well, this is the danger of being on the battlements and uh, practicing the physical arts. A French couple having fallen to their death while having sex at a historic fortress. You say two French people have fallen to their death. I'd call that a good start. <laughs> hey. Oh, hey, no! The Controversial! <laughs> the couple in their early 30s apparently fell into the moat from the walls surrounding the castle at the Vauban Fort on the island of Chaussee in the English Channel. Reports have said the drop into the moat is 40 feet high. The naked bodies of a man and woman who were both born in 1984 were found on Thursday morning. Their belongings were reportedly found above at the castle. The man was found in a dried out part of the moat while the body of the woman was found immersed in shallow water. Police in the area told French Le Figaro newspaper that it was possible the pair were engaging in lovemaking that could have gone wrong. Could have? Could have. It went seriously wrong, didn't it? (laughs) The couple were both from the Normandy region of France. The fort was built on the orders of Napoleon III in 1859 and later held 300 German and Austrian prisoners of war during the First World War. So there you have it. I can do a little history, too. It is true. (laughs) I will tell you that the Channel Islands in Britain were the only property that was British that the Germans invaded during the Second World War because they're closer to France than they are to Britain, and the Germans did invade the Channel Islands. That is true. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at tonight's scores. In last place, with the K2 meter and the dead battery, it's Greg on one point for playing so fabulously the audio footage at the beginning of the show. And in resplendent first place with the $33,000 IR camera beating Heather on six and Kim on four, it is me, on seven points who knew who knew when i was doing the score and i just thought we'd gone a few weeks without me winning so i thought i'd massage my ego do not fear listeners remember we are back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time and i would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal strange intriguing bizarre and weird Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me at any time via my Facebook site or questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. That's T-I-P-S. And remember, all our shows are archived on SoundCloud on MQTA Radio if you go to soundcloud.com. And we have another 20 to 25 minutes of the show still to go called Not For Your Mother, the stories from around the world this week that can't be read out live on air for fear of prosecution or having our broadcast removed. But do remember our shows are one to two weeks behind in our archives. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Gore and all at the International Paranormal Society Int paranormal.net and all at s-e-e paranormal in iowa and also the show sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and mufon of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night 